Welcome to the Ashes into Beauty podcast with your host, Stephanie Marie Laswell, Divorce Concierge at The Divorce Life. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am excited to talk to my dear friend, Danielle. Um, Just a reminder, you might be triggered by something that you hear today. And if that happens, take a deep breath, take a step back, ask yourself, can I process this with the tools that I've learned or do I need to review this trigger with a professional? But we really hope that you get some insight today from our conversation. And with that, we'll get started. Danielle, thank you for sharing your ashes into beauty story with us today. You've been divorced for 11 years, right? Yes. That was crazy when you asked me that. I know. Well, when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that had been that long. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am Danielle Throckmorton, mm-hmm. and I am a mom and a bonus mom. And I am a business strategist helping female entrepreneurs uh, scale their businesses. I host luxury retreats, a uh, reach retreat for mm-hmm. women. And um, I also own a event planning company. So multi-passionate entrepreneur. Yes. A girl after my own heart. (laughs) And the reach retreats are amazing. We can talk about that another time, but I definitely would suggest that you look into going on reach retreat. It is life-changing for sure. And luxury. Absolutely. I'm glad it brought brought us together. Yes, me too. Um, So we're just going to dive in. And my favorite question to ask is what were the ashes that came from your divorce? Oh, so the ashes that came from the divorce would be really learning who I am outside of that. Like it really challenged me to do a lot of inner work, healing work, be open to what brings me joy. Um, So I would say the beauty that came from it really was just being able to kind of create my own identity outside Mm -hmm. of being someone's partner. Right. So I think, and it challenged me to explore business ownership and things as a single mom, I had to have schedules that worked for me. And so really there's been a lot of beauty that has evolved Mm -hmm. and revealed itself over a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think it's mostly just figuring out who I was alone. Right. Without that role, without that title of wife. Yes. Yes. What would you say some of the biggest obstacles that you had to face coming out of your divorce were? Well, at the time of getting a divorce in the immediate separation, it would have been going from two incomes, right, mm-hmm. financial, um, to one. That was a big shock for me. Um, I also was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. for a year. Um, so getting back into employment. So, again, that kind of leads back to financial. But also, like, the embarrassment mm-hmm. was really, really hard um, where we live, obviously. Um, I grew up Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. and that's a big part of this journey for me, it was really a lot of church hurt, things that came yeah. from that. Um, and so I think that was just that part of it really hit home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shame. Yeah, yeah, just everyone asking questions or almost just being right. I was a young mom, so mm-hmm. I got pregnant. My I found out I was pregnant my junior year of high school um, on winter break. And so being a young mom and everyone kind of assuming that was going to happen anyways, it was almost like proving the statistics, right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was embarrassing Mm -hmm. as well because I didn't, that wasn't my intention when we got married. So, so what, like, how did you kind of overcome that embarrassment and that shame that you were feeling? Was that something that you 
were able to get support through or were there resources? How did you go through that journey to get over that obstacle? I feel like it was more rare. You know, um, I ended up, we can kind of get there, but I worked in divorce for seven years after that. Mm -hmm. So I've seen this evolution of like what you're creating Mm -hmm. um, didn't really exist. Mm -hmm. And also because I was young um, in the divorce realm, Mm -hmm. I didn't have people who were going through a similar journey. So it felt Mm -hmm. really isolating. Mm -hmm. And at the time too, like, I don't really feel like therapy was talked about Mm -hmm. like we talk about it now, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was only if there's like, this major breakdown and crisis of which you had to then own to go to therapy. And now it's more like who doesn't go to therapy. Right. So resources, I mean, obviously I had an attorney, an amazing attorney. Um, we attempted mediation, some different resources like that, that was available to me, but I didn't really feel like I had a tribe of people who understood mm-hmm. yeah. what I was going through. So yeah. more, more so in evolution. Now I've done it's taken me longer, I think, mm-hmm. to heal than it would have if mm-hmm. I would have had those resources. And so when you ask me that question, I think of like, it's been a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Longer than you ex- expected, I assume. Yes. And I think it comes in waves. Mm-hmm. I think we think that we're doing okay. And then something happens where your kiddo asks, like, why is your name different than mine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or parents kind of, oh, wait, you're, oh, I didn't realize you were her mom. Mm-hmm. Like, just like little things like that where you're like kind of grieving that. Mm-hmm family or Mm -hmm. like when you're a single mom and you're doing these things and you realize like it would have been so much better so you think um, the picture that you had of a family isn't there and so that was a long answer but yeah that mourning process is brutal and you don't always understand why it keeps hitting you in the face over and over and over again and it and it can come back years later and surprise you um yeah that I don't think anybody really understands that process of what it looks like to mourn because there's, it's almost like each stage that your kid goes through, you're mourning something new. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think the, as you move on Mm -hmm. with your life, if you choose a partner too, that when you almost feel guilty Mm -hmm. for mourning it, but I almost mourn it more for my child Mm -hmm. than I do for myself. Right. Like I, it's no, it has not been an easy journey for her to have separated parents. Right. Yeah. Let's go back to, you mentioned like you didn't really have a tribe and that's something that I, I hear a lot of is that, um, people feel isolated. You mentioned the isolation too. So my question is like, as family members, as community members, um, how can we best support the divorcee as they're going through their divorce process? Asking how you can support them. So many times, we assume that how we want to receive support is Mm -hmm. how we should give it. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they're needing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've learned through grief in general, not just with divorce, is that some people don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Some people want to be asked. Mm -hmm. Some people want you to come just sit on the couch and watch movies with them. Some of them want to go out and have fun because they haven't experienced that in a while being in a marriage. So I think it's um, asking, Mm -hmm. you know, how can I support you? And I didn't have a tribe Mm -hmm. to be able to say, Hey, I see you. I know what you're struggling with because I was so young Mm -hmm. um, that people were not in the same season that was around. But I felt like even my close family members, they just kind of acted like it it wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. And that's happened with a lot of different variations of grief. And I think it's like, sometimes I want to talk about it. Right. So I think the key there was 
how can I support you Mm -hmm. right now? Yeah. And not, don't be afraid to bring it up. It's not a taboo subject. Um, and we need that support when we're going through that. We need a tribe to help Mm -hmm. us get through those situations. Not only do we need it, but also if we have children, they, they need some extra loving during this time. So that leads to my next question is how can we support kiddos that are experiencing their parents going through divorce? It changes with the seasons Mm because I've done this from her being just a little over a year old to now 13 Mm -hmm. and um, giving them patience is the biggest thing. They, they don't even know, you know, how to really respond. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't know how to explain the emotions that they're feeling. And so I think it's just trying to understand that if they're having an episode or mm-hmm. they're struggling going to see the other parent doesn't always mean that it's like a red flag. It could right. just be like, they don't really at that age, like the frontal cortex of our mm-hmm. brain isn't even able to comprehend mm-hmm. or express how we're feeling. And so I think it's patience mm-hmm. um, and supporting them is being open to giving them an outlet. Their friends don't know how to process it. So if they're only talking to their tribe, mm-hmm. they're not equipped. Right. Right. And so, or they're, they're mourning and feeling ashamed because their parents are divorced, but yet all of their friends or parents are married. Mm-hmm. So I think put them in counseling, mm-hmm. open that avenue yeah. up for them to have someone besides you. And they know that you're hurting mm-hmm. depending on the age, I guess, right. but they kind of know that you're hurting and they, you're not their best form of support. So I think it's just being patient with them when they're having their moments, mm-hmm. understanding that they're dealing with a lot too and give them an outlet that isn't you. Right. Yeah. yeah, they need a tribe too. They do, and a mature tribe, not just yeah. their friend tribe. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then because I know you, uh, part of the beauty that's come from your divorce is now that you're married, and you've been married for how many years? Just had our sixth anniversary. Nice. Yes. yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so, what advice do you have for folks that are thinking about blending families, or are in the process of doing that, or are struggling with? the whole blended family situation. What what advice do you have for us from that? Oh my gosh. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this has been harder than starting three companies. Mm-hmm. Seriously, it has. Or navigating events in the middle of a pandemic. Like, <laughs> um, I felt like when we hit our five year, we were like, oh, we can do anything. Yeah. Because I mean, I know not everyone's situations are this way, but I think it was honestly the hardest thing that I've ever done. Um, it took a lot of boundaries and mm-hmm. communication and rewriting that you're not their their parent mm-hmm. the kiddos parents that you know you're their bonus parent right. yes but like they have a mom and dad mm-hmm. um and so okay so tips is what you're thinking mm-hmm. first would be um blending families so you already are in a relationship you're starting to get serious you are maybe at the stage where you introduce your kids that's something that if we want to start there is we waited about six months we didn't actually even really tell our families that we were seeing each other. We saw each other in private mm-hmm. um, when we didn't have our children and we made time for it and really got clear on, do we want this to be serious before we introduced right. our kids together? Um, they were five and seven. So that kind of gives you guys that are listening some perspective. And they have all been obviously products of a failed marriage. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to navigate even just going between households. Leah had been used to that, my daughter, mm-hmm. because we were divorced young. Mm-hmm. But at that time, about five, is when she started visiting her dad. Um, 
on a regular basis. And so there, she was going through some change at that time. And then they were going between mom and dad. Mm-hmm. They'd only been separated for about a year. And so I think it's um, just being clear with your partner, your expectations, if you move forward mm-hmm. of like how you're going to show up as a stepdad or mm-hmm. a stepmom mm-hmm. and not just assuming that they're going to step in as this like hero parent that your sp- you know, your spouse failed in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have like this, like they're not a good dad just because they weren't a good husband. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. Right. Um, and so for me, it was knowing what my expectations were for Preston and communicating it and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't do all of this right at the beginning. So we still had to learn to navigate right. it. Um, but also like discipline beyond just the age group that they're in. Mm-hmm. Like what are our rules going to look like? Right. Like are we going to let them have um, when are they going to start dating? Mm-hmm. I mean, just like weird things, like just seeing how you are as parents and mm-hmm. how you can be on the same page rather than doing that in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so take it slow, communicate, mm-hmm. set expectations of how you want the other parent to show up for your children mm-hmm. and um, love each other through it. Date, <laughs> go on dates. Yeah. <laughs> Remember why you got married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I give that advice all the time. Like, you have to make your marriage a priority, whether you're a second marriage or first marriage. Mm -hmm. You have to do regular date nights. It's like the law. (laughs) Yeah, we're not just parents. We're also someone's wife, partner, friend, daughter. Like, Mm -hmm. we get so wrapped up in that because we love being parents. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like, in order for them to learn what a healthy marriage and relationship looks like, we have to lead. Right, exactly. Yeah. So tell us about dating. Like, what did you learn in your dating um, experiences post-divorce? So um, another tip I want to give you guys, because I just thought about it and it's relevant to this, yes. is give yourself some time yeah. between. Don't rush. Otherwise, I feel like you repeat patterns. Mm-hmm. I did that. Mm-hmm. So I actually um, had a friend, a long-term friend, Um, got into a relationship with him. I knew that it wasn't necessarily like something that, I don't know, I kind of knew like I wasn't in love with him, but Mm -hmm. I loved the idea of him. And I loved how he showed up for Leah. And it just felt like a really good support system during that season of my Mm -hmm. life. Um, But I would say give yourself time. Dating is, by giving yourself the time, you have a chance to identify what do I want in a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember writing it out after that, relationship after the divorce did not succeed. I remember writing out like, what are the qualities that I want in a partner? And it wasn't necessarily like looking at it based on what my ex-husband didn't do. It's based on who I evolved into and what I wanted my future to look like. Mm -hmm. And writing out like, what are the qualities? Like faith is a big part, right? Mm -hmm. Um, My relationship I had after I'm, I, he wasn't a man of faith. Mm-hmm. That is a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may not be to the listeners, right. but like that's a huge um, barrier between how you show up in life, how you right. celebrate your holidays. Right. Like those are like huge things that you're just not thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so communication, conversation, and get clear on how do, how do I want to spend the rest of my life and with who? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's okay to be picky. Yeah. And I've never, I'm fortunate to have never had to like, do the mingle and Mm -hmm. I don't even know what they're called. So I've never had to go that route, Mm -hmm. but I've heard that it is rough. Yeah. And so be safe. That would be Mm -hmm. my other tip. But I would just have expectations. Don't be like so ridiculous that you shut yourself off Mm -hmm. to, I mean, everyone has their flaws, but I think if you know what your core values are and what you want to represent in your life, then that's what you look for in a partner. Yeah. 
For sure. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. So what is the biggest thing that you would like for our listeners to take away today? Okay, so in their navigating divorce, the biggest thing to take away is um, don't try to do it alone. Yeah. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like now you don't have to. You have Stephanie. Mm-hmm. You have people that if you're willing to look for the help, it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many more tools out there now. And so that would be my tip is is to also, I'm going to say, get empowered around being an independent person. Mm-hmm. So many times we lose that identity and we just, mm-hmm. we rely on our partner. And so one of the things I love that you do is help empower around like the financial aspects. Like there's so many times when I worked um, for my, I worked for my divorce attorney um, for seven years afterwards. And I learned like watching women and men both coming in and like having no idea what their finances what were like or how to pay bills or what was even due or just be and empower yourself to not repeat the old patterns Mm -hmm. by educating yourself and getting support. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where financial support, education, um, therapy, Mm -hmm. being able to kind of rewrite the way that we did things in the past Mm -hmm. and be okay with having like this. You don't want to be so independent that you can't have a support in the future, but I think it is important to really empower yourself as an individual Mm -hmm. to be a better partner. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I would add on to that, like, this isn't your mom's divorce. This isn't your brother, your boss's, you know, your landlord's divorce. This is your divorce, and you are the captain of your divorce. And so you typically know the answers that are right inside of you, and sometimes you need help uncovering those. But at the end of the day, you need to make those decisions that you're going to be proud that you handled your divorce Um in a way that is going to leave a positive divorce legacy and not a negative one, something that you need more healing from with because of how you did handle your divorce. And so you're going to ha- get a lot of advice from all different kinds of places most of the time. Um, people are going to want to give their opinions because that's what we like to do, right? Yep. <laughs> but um, really go inside and and look inside. And I think you mentioned journaling and um, getting help from other professionals to uncover what you already know is the best decision for yourself inside. Um, I think that's you. a great point. I was yeah. to end on that is you saying that, okay, I mentioned um, journaling is a great outlet, mm-hmm. getting the counseling and all of that, but it's also knowing kind of what, what you want the journey to look like and being open to um, like working in the legal realm mm-hmm. is also like, if you know that you really have this idea of how you want to resolve the process, Mm -hmm. making sure that you have counsel that Mm -hmm. aligns with that, that you have mediators and, and people that can support you um, because going through that battle and I've been through that many times, even since just custody issues, Mm -hmm. things like that is like making sure that you're not fueling the fire unnecessarily and that you're really looking at like how do I, as a person of integrity, want it in this chapter and start a new beginning? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that journaling, too, is an outlet. We bottle everything up mm-hmm. and then we explode. Mm-hmm. And I've seen clients that I'd worked with in that situation where they're like, that wasn't me. Yeah. Like, that's not how I normally respond yeah. because we're heightened. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. Our heart's broken. Our mm-hmm. kids are upset. Mm-hmm. We're embarrassed. And so it's like that outlets that you give yourself allow you to show up as that person mm-hmm. of integrity within the character that you want and not like 
Yeah. Show yourself. Right. And then that is then just adding to the pain and embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. Good people often behave poorly in divorce situations. But when you have a team around you that can help guide you and help you stay on track and help remind you of what the legacy is that you want to lead, then there's a much greater chance that that's the legacy that you're going to leave and not one that you're embarrassed from. And um, that's huge, especially when we have children, right? Like leaving that healthy divorce legacy is just going to help them be able to heal and transition um, and recover from the divorce. Even yourself, like you'll just have an easier recovery time. And then going on to co-parenting and and shifting in that relationship and that role is going to be a lot easier as well. I always say when you're going through a hard season to seek the gift. Mm -hmm. Because if I look back at all of the pivotal moments in my life, some are good Mm -hmm. and some are really, really hard. Mm -hmm. I always find that it leads to something beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so even when we're in the thick of it, you just think this is the worst thing ever and it's never going to get better. Mm -hmm. But it depends on how you approach it. If you say, I'm going to take this and make myself stronger from Mm -hmm. it, I'm going to learn from it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm married to the love of my life. You know, we've been together eight years. We're building a great family together. Like it does, it's an opportunity to be a gift Mm -hmm. even when it doesn't feel like it. So like, I usually will say, okay, this is really crappy. I don't want to be here again. Mm -hmm. I know there's a gift in it. I'm just going to stay open to allowing it to reveal itself. Mm -hmm. And I know it's like a mindset shift, but it really does help me say, like, I I know something good's coming from it, and it makes it more sustainable Mm -hmm. in the moment of it. Right, right. Yeah, it's like that seed. Like the seed is planted in the dark, deep, wet soil way Mm -hmm. underneath, but it needs that sunlight, and it just takes time before that seed pops up and it's beautiful flower. And so that's, that's what it is. You're going through a, a growing time. You're in harvest. <laughs> and eventually you'll be a beautiful flower after it's all said and done, right? It's true. I think, you know, those scars are part of your story. Um, but they, you know, you have an opportunity to say, like, that's that's old. Yeah. That's a part of me. It's a, still a part of me. I like mm. I like that I'm here this many years later and getting to share about that story is I never had the opportunity to do that. And um it does. It, it does end up birthing something beautiful if you just stay the course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One day at a time. Yes. And a lot of forgiveness for yourself along the way. Um, there's no need for that shame. No. Um, it's all a learning journey and a learning process and nobody is perfect. And don't put that pressure on yourself <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yeah. It just makes that process a lot longer. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I think Listeners got a lot of great value. Is there any other resources that you, I mean, you've mentioned a lot, counseling, journaling, any other resources or self-help things that you can mention that helped you that might help our listeners? I can tell you a lesson that I learned that, and this again may apply to people, it may not, but I had the church hurt Mm -hmm. that we were very involved in our ministry Mm -hmm. and because we were young and we were asked to step down. Mm -hmm. And it caused a disconnect. And when we really needed our faith or support system, Mm -hmm. we didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And so if you, and this is a big thing I've seen with people that I had worked with, was that they had a family church and now they weren't a family. So now what, Mm -hmm. right? Like just be open to going elsewhere Mm -hmm. or turning inward. I mean, we have online, like just continue that journey. And um, I think that's, that's, I just don't know how we got through a lot of the things that I did Mm -hmm. without it. And I, I, 
didn't do what I'm telling you to do. I disconnected from it. I retreated. I ended up in a relationship with someone that didn't share the same values as me and kind of in survival mode rather than really being able to have connected with someone maybe that shared my values and being in the right spaces. And so just be open to starting a new chapter in a new place and creating that separation. You don't have to do the same things that you did then. Mm -hmm. You can find a new way of life. And so that's a tip I want to leave them with, I guess. That's a, that's a great tip. Um, and I, I could get on a soapbox, so I'm not going to right now because that's <laughs> well, a big soapbox like, of mine. <laughs> like gyms and like yeah. all the things, like the same coffee yeah. shops. Like you think about it, like you built a life with someone, mm-hmm. you were in a routine with someone, and then friend groups. I yeah. mean, I literally had a conversation with a woman this week who's navigating her husband, ex-husband, coming back onto social media. And mm-hmm. she's like, whoa, yeah. like how do I navigate this? Should I just shut down my social media? And I was like, there's a lot of tools to protect your energy, but mm-hmm. also just because you divorced, your friends didn't divorce. Right. And so like, you've got to figure out boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. and what you can tolerate. And maybe right now you need to pause it because yeah. it's too triggering. Mm-hmm. And I know we keep trying to wrap it up, but there's so much good stuff there, but it's just yeah. like, maybe just take a pause, mm-hmm. come back to it when you're more collected, yeah. but find a new gym, yeah. make new friends. Like just don't let it hold you back and, and put you in this place. But there's a season yeah. for retreating. Yes. There is a season for there retreating. Is, there is a season. And there's also a season for being picky with who you let in to your tribe for the time being. It yes. doesn't mean it has to be forever. Like you're saying, pause. A pause is okay. That doesn't mean that it's altering for the rest of eternity. But it is okay to protect yourself. If there are people speaking into your life that make you uncomfortable or aren't aligning with your values. Um, it, yeah, it's all about like understanding what you need at the time and then taking the, yes, taking those steps to make sure that you're protecting that energy and time. So, so much good stuff. I mean, we could obviously talk forever. Yeah. And I think it's a neat, my perspective probably is different than what you've had on (laughs) because I was young, but like seeing that I've navigated it as a growing parent, Mm -hmm. um, now navigating teenage years and us being so different and it's, uh, it's a it's a forever partnership with your ex-partner and mm-hmm. communication is important but also I think um it's doable yeah and you can make it work so. yeah for sure it's not the end thank you you're welcome thank and you. for our listeners the, our next event is going to be on November 12th we have divorce university realty 101 all of your questions answered about the divorce real estate transaction you can find the registration link on Eventbrite or at the Divorce Life on sh- social media platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in today and go forward bravely onward. You guys are going to get through this and you don't have to do it alone. Let us know what you think or what you need. Until next time, do good, do no harm and radiate love. For more information on services or divorce resources provided by The Divorce Life, You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or find us at www.thedivorcelife.com. Thank you for tuning in and listening and a big thanks to my producer, Jazz, at the Possibilities Podcast Center.